<laughs> What's happening, weirdos? I know we always say this, but this is a really good one. That I was love my, this one. <laughs> that, I'm surprised you didn't say that was my Jane Lynch voice. Nope. That was a Valerie voice. <laughs> Jane Lynch is doing you. There's a specific um, in A Mighty Wind Jane Lynch, maybe I've said this on the podcast. She's, they were, remember, they like have that weird religion, religion where they worship colors and it's her. And I can't remember that guy's name ever, but he's so funny. And Eugene Levy. No, it's, it's the other guy. It's okay. Anyway. And they sing, and this is exactly how she sings it. She goes, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. <laughs> 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 so I was singing it a little bit. Like oh, <laughs> very good. Well, only a couple things to plug. This is a great, great, great chat. Really needed this one. Really love this one. One of my favorites. Yeah. For real. A, it was a real hit. If you want to come, mm, come see. Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, July 12th, I do a Largo show, a stand-up comedy show at Largo here in Los Angeles every month. Uh, this month is uh, July 12th. Uh, go to Largo-LA.com. We'll also be doing some live podcasts uh, there at the end of August, which is going to be great. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And if you like the show, try a Pete's Pick. This episode is brought to us by our friends at Apollo Neuro. This is my Apollo Neuro. I'm wearing it right now. I'm constantly wearing it. It is a piece of wearable technology that helps your body recover from stress. It's basically a wearable hug that sends these almost like uh, sub-perceptual vibrations directly into your nervous system. And before you uh, tune out, this is not like a mood ring. This is not a crystal. It's not woo-woo. It's made by a board certified psychiatrist and a neurologist. They developed this to speak to the body in the language that the body understands to help it calm down. The way I explain it to people when I meet them in real life, because people are always asking me what it is that I go, like if I go like this to you and establish a rhythm, if I'm patting you on the arm and then I slow it down, you're just going to calm down. And that's basically what it does. It helps or it helps you energize up like it does the opposite and gets your heart moving, gets your blood flowing. It has so many incredible settings. It's like a wearable hug worn on your wrist or your ankle, delivers soothing, soothing, gentle vibrations that train your nervous system to recover and rebalance after stress. Like I said, there's energy and wake up, which I use before I work out. Social and open, which is a wonderful setting for parties, which usually freak me out. It's nice to have my Apollo on, easing me into the situation. Clear and focus is when I, what I have it on when I'm doing this podcast. It's helped people get off ADD medication and really help them dial into what they're doing. Meditation and mindfulness, relax and unwind. And this is my favorite, sleep and renew. I put it on when I'm falling asleep. And if Leela wakes up in the middle of the night and I have to get up, and I come back to bed, I just push these two buttons, it reruns that program and gently lulls me back to sleep. If it did only one of these things, help you meditate, help you fall asleep, help you focus, help you ease into a social situation, I would be shouting about it from the rooftops, but it does all of them. It actually trains your nervous system to cope with stress better over time. The more you use it, the better it works. As I said, it was developed by a neuroscientist and a board certified psychiatrist who've been studying the impacts of chronic stress for nearly 15 years and Apollo's effects on stress, sleep, cognitive performance and recovery 
surgery have been proven in multiple clinical trials and real-world studies. I get more feedback about weirdos trying the Apollo Neuro than any other uh, Pete's pick, which is so fun that people are finding it and it's making their lives better. So show your support of the show. You can get 10% off by going to apolloneuro.com slash weird. That's A-P-O-N-E-U-R-O.com slash weird for 10% off and show your support of the show. All right, everybody. Enjoy. We made it weird number 93. 93. We're almost at a hundo. Yeah, we got to do something special. Yeah. We'll do it in the nude. (laughs) (laughs) We won't film it, but we'll be nude. You'll know. You'll know because we'll tell you. (laughs) We'll tell you and constantly talk about sticking to this chair because I would. Yeah. Because I would. Um, All right. Go ahead and just get into it. Get into it. Are we going? <laughs> <laughs> is this is this thing on? <laughs> oh Val, I'm really happy to be doing this with you this morning. Uh, we truly am. we need it. We've we been need it. we haven't had a lot of time. Well, though we did spend all day to yesterday together. <laughs> OMG, that's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. I here's my little offering for the morning before we get, I want to talk about that that beach day. In fact, that's the main thing I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. But um I was thinking about Whenever we're starting the podcast, I have that, like, you know, the imp of the perverse. We've talked about that before, mm-hmm. which is that Grail and Poe's thing where you're standing on... I didn't on, know that was Poe's. I believe it was Poe. Ah. Oh. I don't know if it was Poe or if Poe always, you know, wrote about it, sort of explored it. Yeah. But for some reason... I thought it was. I have an association between Edgar Allen. I call him Edgar Allen. <laughs> I thought it was Poe's, but I thought it was Poe from the Teletubbies. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so dumb. Wow. That was so no, dumb. No, it's not. I immediately jumped to the t-shirt where it's Poe, mm-hmm. which I believe is the one with the triangle on his head, because mm-hmm. remember, we thought he was gay. And by we, I mean America circa 1998. I know. We used to We're be like, so he weird. He was gay. Yeah. He's gay. He had a purse, and he had a triangle. Yeah. By the way, the triangle, oh, it was such a such a formative moment in my life. In my life. Um, uh, my life. I was in Sunday school. And <laughs> I probably told this before, but they were going over satanic symbols. And as much as I've always enjoyed the Lord in different ways, <laughs> even in my fundamentalist time, I was never like a huge like Satan person. Yeah. Not, not obviously I wasn't a Satanist, but I mean like no, I didn't but... put a lot of stock in Satan. I didn't like care much about Satan. I, we, we, weren't, we weren't Satan-centric. Like there were places we would go... Like when I went on a mission, a mission to Africa, we would hear about people that wouldn't sit in a chair without casting out demons and stuff. And I was like, and I just, I'm grateful at Grace Chapel, the leaders that I had were just like, and that's just like another way it gets you. That's like obsessive and, and yeah, and yeah, brings you down. It's not the right thing to be focusing on. Like relax, like you're yeah. okay. And I'm grateful for those people. I've definitely like through the church that I grew up in had like evolutions and in the beginning it was a lot more Satan centric and it is oh, really. Yeah. I actually, it, uh, yeah. Because sorry. it came from Pentecostal church of God, which is like holy rollers and like that's rolling what, on the ground. You mean? Yeah. And that's what like my grandparents are. So my brother and I were kids sitting in hard on hard pews watching 
Like Rolling. just like I remember there was one guy that was clucking like a chicken and we like couldn't laugh. It was torture. For yeah, that kid. is that is that was your um, cross to bear was you couldn't, laugh, couldn't at, laugh at the Colonel Sanders motherfucker <laughs> yeah. clucking for the Lord. Yeah. Giving a few cluck clucks. Clucking for the Lord. But it is interesting that there By the are way, I, I, sidebar. I just want to say. I understand. Having taken psychedelics, I understand that like your appreciation in a fervored state could mm-hmm. come out as chicken clucks. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say like, not to. Di- I just feel like the the charismatics get a bad rap. I agree. Actually, I think to me, I'm like, cluck it up. They might like. Th- is this the <laughs> only time that this poor guy gets to feel free? That's like, what I'm saying. His body is probably there's like. A, there's a child like. Innocence. It's yeah. of course ridiculous. Borat yeah. or wh- whichever Sasha Baron Cohen going in the charismatic tent. Yeah, you're right. There's some there's some low hanging fruit there. There's going to be people doing some sillies. Yeah, uh, but, it's but also, also like what's what's go ahead. And it tends to be like people who because Pentecostal Church of God is also at least it used to be also like women can't wear makeup, women can't wear pants. You know, like it's really Just naked from the waist down. <laughs> yeah, they they want you to porky pig. Thou shall porky pig. And the Lord said, "Abadipa, abadipa, abadipa." That's all, folks. And Women. that's how, <laughs> that's that's how, how revolution, revolution ends. ends. Yeah, uh, that's all, folks. <laughs> <sighs> I had that old one-liner. I used to say, "What if the Bible ended? You had to be there." That was my joke. Do you remember? OMG, Val, that's <laughs> one of my okay. least favorite oh, things. No, no, it's no, no. Okay. I'm glad you told me, but like. It's just not one of the ways I love. I, I mm. wish it were. Because like- here, here's the rub. That's how I'm loved. Like, mm-hmm. I get loved specifically by people, like, remembering. Mm. And, and that you're so good at that. You said to me, remember when Leela barfed in the car? And I was like, uh-huh. That's just something I do, like the guy from Memento. I have no memory of that. Oh, Like, wow. it's all, like, so much of it is on fire. And such strange little parts are preserved perfectly yeah and i wouldn't change it for the world like you know we've talked about many times when i'm writing a script for example i can go in and remember just exactly what it feels like to be in the dentist like mm-hmm. something benign like reading a magazine and the page is torn out or whatever it might be mm. but like when you're like remember when leela barked in the car i'm like now i do it's yeah. coming back now yeah but i need a minute mm-hmm. and anyway so when i forgot that that was your joke that's specifically the sort of thing that would hurt my feelings i know it doesn't it doesn't Not seem to hurt all. your feelings. And you are I, good at remembering that usually. I, I and you also remember... I say just sincerely, I try. <laughs> you also are really good at remembering people's bits that you love. Well, like that's, when I you know, I, that's, that's what makes that extra offensive is like, there is, there should be... I really do think though, this isn't just talking out my butt. We have merged to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. I say to Leela all the time, people make fun because maybe I shouldn't. But she says, can I have some of your smoothie or whatever? And I'm mm-hmm. like, what's mine is yours. Yeah. And people are like, oh, watch out. It's going to bite you in the butt. And I'm like, yeah, it probably will. Mm-hmm. But uh, with us, there really is a what's mine is yours flavor and a blurring. And like mm-hmm. sometimes in yeah. my sleepier moments, I can't remember if something happened to you or happened to oh, me. Oh, yeah, like absolutely. But that 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 doesn't... I, I'm still working out. I have files, as we all know, in my phone where I write things down. And I should write down that that is your joke. No, no. Anyway, a couple know. irons in the fire. Do you remember any of them? Because I was going to go back to the triangle Satan thing. Okay, remember triangle Satan. All I was going to say was... It is interesting that because it's such a strict, um, you know, religion, 
that these these people do once they're like filled with the Holy Ghost, they're like allowed to be totally free you and are... say nonsense and move their bodies. And it is like actually, even though it looks like the most the weirdest part of it, it's the one part of it that I am closest to getting on board with. Totally. <laughs> and when you I was just thinking about Osho, remember Sometimes I get sad at, at at how how much TV there is, and 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 <laughs> like we all watched Wild Wild Country, and then it was just gone. Mm-hmm. You know, like there was a time when you said Osho, and people were like Osho, Wild yeah. Wild Country. You watched Craig Sheila, yeah. and then it it's gone. And then mm. we're talking about I don't know, I don't even know what we're talking about, and it's exhausting trying to stay on top of what we're talking about. Yeah. I've just opted out. I, I'm done. Yeah. But anyway, I was thinking about that, and those those hippies. When it comes to like, let, let's just put it, put it more simply, what the Osho hippies were doing and what the charismatics are doing is something that I think is a gap in the Western emotional metabolism, mm. meaning we have all of these traumas. And by the way, when I say traumas, I just mean like the basic weight of existence, mm-hmm. your childhood, your birth, your mm-hmm. your adolescence, um, the difficulty in your life, the strange mystery of existence mm-hmm. and your death, your impending death. All of these things are like heavy. And the Charismatics and the Osho people, mm-hmm. uh, both and other groups, understood that like sometimes you got to cluck like a motherfucking chicken Mm -hmm. and and those hippies those naked hippies certainly there was some i think there was sex and stuff involved but they knew as you have taught me that the way out is through when it comes to the body like the body is holding on to these things and like we've talked about primal scream therapy on this podcast before uh like yesterday, we're, we're going to get to it, but we went to the ocean and I was in the ocean and the, the urge to like yell and exclaim and mm. we like yawp, you know, like yeah. really like belt it out. The body wants that stuff. Yeah. And, and we think it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I, I'm speaking for myself. Like I can be guilty of being like, what a bunch of nut jobs or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm like... I just think we went too too many khakis, too many pleated pants, too many shiny shoes, too many belts, too many buttons on that shirt, too many hats, mm-hmm. too much perfume, too much deodorant, mm-hmm. too much teeth whitening, mm-hmm. too much fluorescent light, too much handshakes, not enough hugs, not enough mm-hmm. wrestling, mm-hmm. not enough dirt, not enough blood. Mm-hmm. By blood, I just mean like light. Like you ca- scraped like, your knee on a tree. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like <laughs> casual blood. Yeah. <laughs> not serious blood. <laughs> not enough spit. Not enough, like, not enough veins in your neck. Mm. And it's like, mm-hmm. there's these groups that I think still that's have. A <laughs> I really do. There's, there's these groups that have their finger on that. And, and, you know, it's funny, for all my spiritual efforting, I hate calling it efforting, but there is an effort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 sometimes the tank gets empty and I have to replenish it. I remember walking by a neighbor and, and they were they were cutting their hair on the porch. Like his wife was cutting his hair on the porch. And I immediately was like, <laughs> like I just went straight. I just waved to him, obviously, and smiled. But in my mind, I was like, what a fucking loon. In the same way I would. By the way, I, I know I'm wrong. I'm just yeah. sharing a knee jerk. Yeah moment in mm-hmm. the same way that with cluck cluck guy i'd be like what a fucking loon mm-hmm. and i saw that guy on the porch getting his hair cut and i was like i went through a lot of feelings one of them was like that's fine but isn't that embarrassing mm-hmm. like it, it like just seems so sarah plain and tall or, or <laughs> little house on the prairie or something and mm-hmm. but then i'm like i really gave it some thought and i was like 
Why? And really, the true answer is because he's not a consumer. I've just been so inducted into the... You're not paying someone else. You're not keeping the system going. Like, like I'm so... And I don't mean me. I mean my psyche my my brain mm. has been so brainwashed i suppose you could say to be like that's lame mm-hmm. making your own clothes is lame mm-hmm. unless you're gwen stefani and you're also making mills <laughs> yeah. selling records then you can make your own clothes yeah. but if you're just cutting your own hair and making your own clothes and cu- clucking like a chicken like you're supposed to pay people for your liberation mm-hmm. you're supposed to buy clothes and you're supposed to go to supercuts like or or, or better mm-hmm. <laughs> hopefully better <laughs> jk if you're listening to this in the supercuts barber chair god love you yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly my point like even my aversion to supercuts is like you should be spending more i can't on believe... a haircut yeah <laughs> like, what is going on where did i get these thoughts these aren't my thoughts oh, no i wasn't born with these thoughts no you were directly told those thoughts over and over and over and still are every single day by yes. different ads i really i can't believe i had never thought of the connection of like Right. It's dorky because you're not a consumer, like not having, you know, the newest fashion is like that is such a manipulative scam that I fall into. There's no clearer example than the fashion industry and the fact that it's been coded in like, but it's art. I know. And it's like, okay, uh, I'll give you art if you concede that the art is the rocket and the fuel is commerce the fuel is absolutely and and it's art it's like if it truly was art then we would just you would make one of them we would look at it we would marvel at it and we wouldn't there wouldn't be a price tag on it for us to then own replications of it i always think that like something special mm -hmm. like oh limited edition i'm like show me a photo of the 50 million people wearing that limited edition jacket. Yeah. Like, it's not. It's fucking fake. The first thing we love is scarcity. Yeah. And that's what they do. They're like, this is limited. Well, this is only for the fall. Not to mention this that... This is from Giorgio's fall collect. Fuck you, Giorgio. The whole... Get sewing, bitch. You work for me. <laughs> I want one in the summer. Uh, well, the whole concept of... There being seasons like that was so last season or even just like and it's so funny because we're running out of them. Like I remember when I was in I think I was like really like in fifth grade. I was still young and I wanted bell bottoms and my mom thought that in in a peasant top. And my mom thought that was so funny, but that's what the kids started like wearing again. Yeah. And she was like, I can't believe this is back. Like when I was your age, I was wearing these. Yeah. And then. Um, you know, then the nineties happened and we were wearing like wide legged jeans. Oh, yeah. We were parting our hair in the middle. We were wearing baby tees, like crop tops and uh, the nineties, the nineties. And then, you know, the early aughts was a travesty on all of fashion where we, it was the era of the midriff and it didn't look good on, like it looked good on 0.01% of the population. Right. Uh, Megan Fox was very happy. Yeah. And Kira Knightley born for that time. Kira Choppers Knightley. <laughs> okay. That's what we call her in this house. Oh, 
I didn't think that was mean. She's got big teeth. She's got. She's one of the most beautiful people in the world. <laughs> yeah. And her big teeth are part of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If her choppers looked horrible, I think it would be mean to call her choppers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure. No, no it's I fine. felt like an ass. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's fine. okay. Um, it's something I say on stage, but you're right. On the podcast, it feels a little too real. <laughs> Kira, we love you. Kira. 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 So then, like, my, I, something I told my mom, I remember noting this, by the way, going back a little bit, when I was in, when I was in like seventh grade, Ugg Boots came out. Mm-hmm. And I, rem- Bold calling I it remember, Ugg. it was one of my first bits, actually. Mm. I remember saying this to like people, like my friends or like adults in church. This was the bit. It was like, I remember, it's not like really a great bit. It just was something interesting that I had to say. And I was a kid, so I was getting used to like having interesting things to say. Yeah. And I, I remember being like, when leggings came out, I was like, I will never wear leggings. And like two weeks later, I was buying leggings. This is. And when Ugg boots came out, I thought, okay, I know I gave in on the leggings thing. This is but good. I will never wear Ugg boots. I see this in black and white, like clerk style. <laughs> yeah. Like you're on a white backdrop, grainy, 35 millimeter black and white. <laughs> and you're you're there and you're like, and it works. And it works. Yeah. It's great. And I, 90s Val would uh, be my favorite movie. Pardon the interruption, weirdos. Here's a word from our delightful sponsors. Lucy, the nicotine friend. (laughs) It doesn't say to say that. Look, we're all adults here, and I know some of us choose to use nicotine to relax, focus, or just unwind after a long day. Lucy is a modern oral nicotine company that makes nicotine gum, lozenges, and pouches for adults who are looking for the best, most responsible way to consume their nicotine. It's a new year. Why not start it out by switching to a new nicotine product that you can feel good about. Me personally, I sometimes, when I'm sitting at my desk and I'm writing, I like to chew on a little nicotine, get it in my system. It is a nootropic. It helps my mood and it helps me dial into what I'm working on. I have chewed uh, Lucy. I think the flavor is exceptional and that nicotine kick is dialed in just Right. So if you enjoy using nicotine, you should definitely check out Lucy's products at lucy.co. That's lucy.co and use promo code WEIRD at checkout. Also, I have to read this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Remember, if you're interested in a better way to use nicotine, visit lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code WEIRD. This episode is also brought to us by our friends at Dadgrass. Dadgrass! Chill out all summer long with Dadgrass because it is way too nice outside to be couch locked. They'll mellow you out while keeping your head clear and ease away the stress of the day. Dadgrass is legal organic hemp that relaxes your body and mellows your mind. Dadgrass CBD products are made with 100% organic hemp that's easy to dose and the effects come on smooth. They offer a variety of products for their token smokable pre-rolled joints, as well as hemp flour and variety of CBD tincture drops. So enjoy the effects of CBD while keeping a clear head. All Dadgrass products are federally legal for ages 18 and over, and it ships right to your door anywhere in the U.S. Go to dadgrass.com slash weird to check out their products. They sent us some. I smoked one the other day. I was waiting for it to kick on in some crazy, insane way, but it was it was mellow. It was de-stressing. It put me in my body. It helped me relax. It was a nice and beautiful way to end the day. And it wasn't like the product so many uh, 
uh, you know, weed things out there. This isn't weed. You smoke and they send you into outer space. This is the return of the casual casual smoke. Whether you're looking for a new buzz or a chill way to enjoy an old favorite, Dadgrass will leave you in a euphoric mood. Go to dadgrass.com slash weird to check out their products. Dadgrass is offering our listeners right now 20% off your first order when you go to dadgrass.com slash weird. Go to dadgrass.com slash weird for 20% off your first order. That's dadgrass.com slash weird. Dadgrass! 90s Val is the coziest. Would you turn your phone over? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Um, and like, so I remember even noting that that was happening that early on. Mm. But then, okay, so back to early aughts, bad fashion. Then we get, now we're getting into like a nice era where it's like, uh, finally, we get to wear high waisted again. Mm-hmm. Like this is just wasted, really. Yeah, wasted. We got skinny jeans. We're parting our hair on the side. Okay. Then Gen Z comes, they do the TikTok thing about like millennials wearing skinny jeans and parting their hair on the side and being obsessed with Harry Potter. And and I was like, what are we supposed to do? Like that's already out of fashion. What is it yeah, now? Yeah. It's fucking wide legged jeans, parting your hair in the middle, mm. baby tees, like we did already. Yeah. Like we were and like now you're your mom going, like, that's what I did when I was your age. You're stealing that from me. The yeah. point is we're all pawns in the the game of fashion turns over so quickly and changes so quickly so that you will keep buying clothes now this apply like like, i feel like we're two people that kumail used to make fun of me that like this podcast was me having all the conversations i should have had in college like Uh i was supposed to have these revelations in college but i don't find that to be true actually just to give myself a little self-love i don't hear people talking enough about these types of things so i'm gonna add to fashion you know when you're driving on, on, on the highway and you see like an old um, it doesn't old matter. An Audi, <laughs> an old old wooden ship yeah. called Diversity. It's like you see like the 2002 Audi, whatever, mm-hmm. and it looks old. Mm-hmm. But that's only be- that's by design. Like you ever yeah. think about this? Yeah. The car companies are pacing it out. Mm-hmm. They know we're all going to make a car that just looks like a yeast infection implant, like that perfect <laughs> round egg, like. Like a monocle. Why do you know what that looks like? I don't know. <laughs> and I've never been more scared. No, I remember seeing when the Prius came out, there was something yeast infection implant. Mm. Like it was, oh, it's an oval. It looks like an egg. Yeah. And I do think that is part of why people think Priuses look funny is there's something, uh, and this is not me saying this, <laughs> don't. Don't come at me. Mm-hmm. Um, but an egg is a feminine shape. So mm-hmm. I would say that the Prius is a feminine looking car. Mm-hmm. Even though when I think of who drives a Prius, I actually think it's men. Mm. But that's the joke is they're like, yeah, there's no fuel. There's no fire. There's no that which I desire. <laughs> Get out of here, James. Uh, uh, James Hadfield from Metallica Talks. Anyway, um, but yeah, it's masculine to like burn fossil fuels and be loud and muffled. Anyway, but what mm-hmm. I'm saying is the car companies know that every year the cars are just going to get sleeker. Yeah. More streamlined. Like when you watch a science fiction movie, that's what the cars are going to look like. Yeah. That's like, watch iRobot. That's what the cars are going to look like. Right. And they know that. Right. And they have the technology to do that, but they don't because I'm I'm convinced, I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I'm like, they have the next 10 designs. Yeah. Maybe not locked, 
but they're like, this will be 2023, mm. 24, 25, 26. Because you have to have somewhere to go. Yeah. Once you're just a fucking oval mm-hmm. with no wheels. I just yeah. wanted to do the sound. It was great. That's our joke is we got an electric car. That's what people that get Teslas say that don't want to say they have a Tesla. We have an electric car. Like you want to be in the eco party. We have it's an electric car. Because we're environmentalists, not because we're uh, consumers. I, not because I wanted to... I know. Well, Val... Okay, so we're moving to Ojai, and I think we talked about this. Mm-hmm. And I feel great about the Tesla, but it is a Tesla, and it bears discussion. Mm-hmm. We are also heavy, heavy consumers mired in the same nonsense as everybody. We're just yeah. we're just talking about it. Oh, yeah. Mean we're free from We're it. like the worst. We get a million Amazon packages a day. <laughs> No, absolutely. Trying. Trying. We're trying. But, but the thing, but the thing, the thing, the, the, thing. the thing with the Tesla was I was like, okay, we're going to be commuting 90 minutes. If I'm going to do a, a 15 minute set in the city, I'm going to drive three hours to do that. Mm. I was like, fuck it. I, I think we already talked about this. I was like, I, I just, I want every reason to do the drive. Yeah. And, and so far, I mean, this is a snooze fest, but. It does not disappoint. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is like you nice. have to talk about it like this. It, it is, is really fucking, slick. It's fucking great. <laughs> and you know what else is great about it? You have to wait. You have to wait months. Yeah. You order a Tesla. Uh-huh. It takes months. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Fancy pants boys like me aren't used to having waiting. to wait. Yeah, it's like and a it, beautiful woman who's like. I won't have sex until the fifth date. <laughs> yeah, except it's like the fiftieth date because I mean I watched so many YouTube videos. I, it was like Christmas again. Mm. It was really like one of those things, very much in the vein of this podcast that it's like <coughs> it manufactured excitement is built in a pressure chamber. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. the pressure is I want it, I don't have it, and those two polarities are like a battery. And the, the juice in that battery is excitement. And it's this wonderful feeling. So yeah. anyway, I, I felt conflicted about getting a super nice car. I've never had a super nice car. Uh, but but it's been, it's been really nice. And Leela really likes it too because the seats are white. And, and she's like, pretty car. She calls it a beautiful car. And like whenever now she has to get in my car, which is a great Volvo. It's like a nice Volvo. It was our nice car before you got the Tesla. She goes, no, I want to get in the beautiful car. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, oh, this is interesting, interesting chitty chat. Yeah. And by the way, speaking of, uh, I understand that Elon is a complicated, Elon Musk is a complicated person, but that yeah. this is not an endorsement and whatever. Again, I'm not, I'm not abreast. And this is an insanely privileged thing to be like, we're, we bought a house and we bought a Tesla. You know what, man? <laughs> I hear that, but I've been watching a billion videos a billion youtube videos and these are not fancy people talking about their teslas and teaching me how to use the touch screen and stuff mm-hmm. and not one of them had any of them being like i understand this is like a unit like like lots of people yeah get payments make a down payment we're making payments yeah and you and you pay whatever it is a month and you have a tesla and that's and that's what we're doing yeah sure i don't know why i, I don't even feel flesh i, I sound defensive and flesh we were talking about the evils of consumerism. <laughs> no. Well, I was going to say. I, I was just saying even... like fashion and cars. They, they, they're both just keeping us on the hook. Yes. I, I was thinking 
I haven't even told you this because I was thinking it last night while we were up in the middle of the night with Leela, who puked. Mm. Um, we Vomited, but okay. <laughs> I always say puke, but puke is like the worst word. Puke is like a garbage pail, kids. Puke and Pete. Whatever. It's oh, like, yeah. it's rough. Yeah. Vomit, I guess I say... Vomit in Vincent. I say th- throw up. She threw up. She threw up. Yeah. Yeah. You said puke to her. She's like, <laughs> yeah. what am I doing in your bed? I was like, well, you puked in your bed. I was like, sorry. Are you opening a can of soup with a cigarette dangling mad. out of your mouth right now? I was now? mad because she was throwing dirty... Well, she was throwing dirty clothes on me. I was yeah. laying in bed. And then you said, that's like garbage. And then she went, Dada, you're garbage. It's yeah. been a rough... I know. And then she th- put my nightgown that had her throw up on it. Thank you. On me. And she was like, why are you not wearing this? And I said, because you puked on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was, I was just frustrated in that moment. Sorry, um, I was doing the Tesla sound. <laughs> oh, did you summon it? <laughs> that's how you, that's how you summon it. That is my joke, by the way. Is because they can drive themselves, which is why I got a Tesla instead of a Prurosh, mm-hmm. um, or any other electric cars I want. And we tried it on the freeway, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. It makes a couple robot mistakes, but it's it's really really awesome. Yeah. Anyway, uh, because they can drive themselves, I do worry that at some point Elon is going to stand on the balcony of his Transylvanian castle and just go, come to me, my pretties, and all (laughs) Teslas everywhere. They can open the garage door. They can? Yes. Oh, my God. And they can drive and just millions of Teslas come back to him. (laughs) And he just pets them (laughs) and just kisses them like like, like flying monkeys. Or it is like, it would be more like you, people would were in their cars and he's trying to like capture, I don't know, like I'm trying, well, the, like the doors lock and then the car starts yeah. driving to oh, for sure. some sort of like, I don't know, cliff. <laughs> we, I mean, if there's anything that human beings since Frankenstein have known, it's mm-hmm. that the things we create are going to take over. Yes. Like we've known this forever. And, and as soon as a car that drove it. itself was available, <laughs> I was like, oh, I got to drive to Oh, I'll take that one. Yeah. And, and you're absolutely right. It, it, we're, it's 2001, a space audit, which I haven't even seen. Uh, you know, forgive and forget. Yeah. All you film lovers out there. I've been waiting for the right moment, which is never. Not, when are you going to be in the mood to see that? I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know that? Um, that's one of the, so Clueless was my but favorite. I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that. That's the whole thing in 2001. What is it? Oh, he's is that he, sorry, he asked Dave, the computer to do something do and he goes, I can't do that. And that I've said this before. We already have that. You buy like when in the early 2000s, you'd buy a DVD and you would try and skip a preview mm. and it would say action not allowed. And I was like, this is the beginning of the end. Wow. That's like right. you can't. There's things on this you can't skip. Yeah. And that's the same thing with. Uh, well, YouTube's a little different. Like you can't skip an ad or whatever. But like when you ask a robot to do something and it says no, that's a new age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a new age. Yeesh. And the human programmed it to say no to you. Right. No, you have to watch this preview. Yeah. What? I know. Weird. Why? What is our obsession with creating AIs? Why do we? Why? Well, I think Freud would say it's like pouch envy, like men want to give birth to something. Mm. That's That's one interesting potential is that childless men want to be like, I gave birth. Well, like... 
what's it called? Ex Machina. Usually mm-hmm. when there's a movie about Miles Bennett Dyson, people that create AI, that's Terminator. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's usually a guy. Wow. Women, look, I don't know. But yeah. Freud might be onto something because it does yeah. seem like women are not as itchy to create artificial intelligence because they can just create regular fucking beta intelligence. <laughs> yeah. And it's nuanced and it feels things and gets boners on bumpy part, plane rides and stuff. <laughs> it's like incredible what they can do. And yeah. men are over here going like, I could do it too. It's like another this. thing. Yeah. It's another thing that they want to yeah. appropriate. Yeah. It is also so interesting. Like, I wonder... And I could be wrong. I don't really know. Yeah, Um, (laughs) I just could you see us sometimes like how you and you've done it on the podcast. We like have your dad say, you know, like woke things. You do the impression of him saying woke things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sometimes imagine us being like so evolved as you know a species that we're just like, I think let's cool it on the technology for now. We've done a great job. Let's put our efforts into like something else, maybe re- like kind of getting back the sense of community and like service and getting our farming kind of under control. Well, what you're, what you're saying, <laughs> what you, this is why human beings, I think, are fascinated with stories like Atlantis or there are theories that ancient Egypt, not to have a Joe Rogan experience right now, although I do love Joe Rogan clips about stuff like this. Uh, ancient Egypt was like, is that the school? No, that's why I checked. Okay. But I'm going to put it on do not disturb. No, no, no. You don't, you certainly don't have to. I thought, I thought it was a must take phone call. No, I've been getting what a lot of. Brody barking at, by the way? I don't know. Atlantis, Rome, and Egypt. And there's like theories that ancient Egypt was even more advanced than we know. Like mm. they had electricity or they had this or they had that. Mm. That like the pyramids, I, I, I'm not an expert on this, but like were like hydrogen power plants mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. and there's some interesting i don't know if it's a waste of time but if you want to get stoned and watch youtube videos about were the pyramids hydrogen power plants that recharged a flying saucer that like took them off the planet whoa it's really interesting uh, stuff yeah wow that's in- that is interesting and when you have weird uh, th- unexplainable uh buildings buildings mm-hmm. monuments like the pyramids uh I think it's, uh, there's more going on than it was a tomb. That mm. That's sort of like why, what was the sl- Civil War about? And we say slavery. Mm-hmm. What are the pyramids? They were tombs. It's like, it's too simple. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there was way more going on. Yeah. <laughs> what a strange comparison. But anyway, <laughs> um, the reason I think we love stories like that is because we know that's how it goes. Like we know that's how the flow of energy is. Yeah. Uh, it's the Tower of Babel. It's, it's like mm. you will be given technology Mm -hmm. that technology will unite things in a way that they were never supposed to be united Mm -hmm. and then you will fly too close to the sun also icarus is another story of this and then you'll be wiped out and then but this is the this is the good part uh, and nobody wants to be the part that gets wiped out but like it gets rebuilt it's like my joke like i don't know if we'll be okay but life will be okay like this is a part of life even even the sort of grotesque fashion or whatever it might be industries is is like kind of so atlantis in egypt is saying it's happened before it'll happen again it'll keep happening right (laughs) and i guess it's just our version of like you know the trees changing or the leaves changing 
yeah. and like falling off and dying. Like we, there, the nature of life is expansion and then dissolution. Yes. And so we have to, but we're our own, we're the cause of our own but demise. This, this is, this is our current fascination. For, second of all, I, well, first of all, I want to say, remember to do the first things first. <laughs> You're proposing something that I think is noble and right is that I think this thing undulates in and out, in and out, in and out until potentially it evolves. Yeah. And that's what we're being asked to do. This is what Eckhart Tolle would say we're doing is we're evolving to a new level of human consciousness. Mm. And when you have those epiphanies mm. about our true identity, then you don't want to make cars we don't need or fashion we don't need or whatever it might be. Mm. And you start having more like, let's get back to the earth. Let's get back to one another. Let's mm. create utopia, basically. Mm-hmm. And whether or not that happens, you know, it, but this is our shot, right? Mm. And, I, and I am hopeful. I really... I'm hopeful for that. Of course, I'm also afraid, but I'm also hopeful. Yeah. Um, boy, I had something else. First of all, that was first of all. And then second of all. Uh, what were we talking about? We were talking about Egypt, destruction. I was saying that it's uh, expansion and disillusion and we're right. on demise. Oh, um, uh, oh, fuck. Expansion was, and disillusion. That was it. Yeah. Uh, that's the nature of things. I don't know if this is where we were going. Now, I don't think it was where we were going, but it's okay. It'll, it'll come back if it was supposed to come back. Yeah. Pardon the interruption, folks. This episode is brought to us by our friends at Olipop. Olipop is a new kind of healthier, wonderful, flavorful, fun, soda-like drink. <laughs> I say soda-like because it's not fair to call it soda. Soda usually means it has 30 to 40 grams of sugar, and it is horrible for you. But Olipop is a new kind of soda. It, t- it tastes just like the soda. I grew up with, but unlike those that are full of sugar, corn syrup, and artificial ingredients like aspartame, Olipop is made with natural ingredients that are actually good for you. It's the fastest growing functional beverage brand in America. They have amazing nostalgic flavors like vintage cola, classic root beer, which is my current favorite, incredibly smooth, wonderful, orange squeeze, cherry vanilla, strawberry vanilla, and their newest flavor, classic grape. These flavors take me right back to a pizza party when I'm 12 years old years old, but without the horrible sugar, without the tons and tons of sugar. They have about two to five grams of sugar from natural sources. That means no added sugar. For example, their vintage cola has just two grams of sugar. Compare that to Coca-Cola, which has 39. Whenever I read this, I can't believe it. 39 grams as opposed to two grams in an Olipop. Their orange squeeze also has five grams. Compare that to orange Fanta, which has 44 grams of sugar. But for real, for real, I'm not just saying this. We always have cases of this in the house. We give it to our guests. We drink it ourselves. Everybody talks about how amazing it tastes. I really don't know how they do it. It's non-GMO, vegan, paleo, and keto-friendly with less than eight grams of net carbs per can. They're so confident that you will love their product. They offer a 100% money back guarantee for orders placed through their website. And I worked out a special deal for weirdos. Receive 20% off plus free shipping on your order. I recommend trying the variety pack. That way you get to try all of the delicious flavors. Go to drinkollipop.com slash weird or use code weird at checkout to claim this deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-O-L-I-P-O-P dot com slash weird. Olipop can also be found in over 6,000 stores across the country, including Kroger, Whole Foods, Sprouts, and Wegmans. Thank you, Olipop, for showing your support of this podcast. Yeah. Oh, 
so maybe this was it. We're, I don't have it. <laughs> there was something about how, remember, I think last week we were talking about how America is 5% of the world's population and we consume like 50% of the re- resources yeah. and how each of us is trying to be our own little America inside of America, mm-hmm. meaning we want to hoard resources from ourselves. Yeah. I've been listening to Richard's, uh, Richard Rohr's talk called Letting Go, which is the most challenging I never really find Richard challenging. Yeah. I, I find I find him challenging spiritually, but this one's really like uh, wake up like you're full of nonsense in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And he was just talking about a couple things I wanted to share on the pod. He was talking about I've never understood friendship and I've never understood family. Like these you have me. Yeah. yeah. These are the things that I struggle with. Like mm-hmm. obviously we have a close and loving family and I try to have friends. And Richard was sort of talking about it. it's like the more successful you get, mm-hmm. and he literally just also means just like the more wealth you get, mm-hmm. it's like the less likely you are to need anybody else. And and I was when he said that I was like, oh my god, that is so true. We we made a joke that like I would be nicer to your parents. I'm nice to your parents, but I would be like a classic cliche mm-hmm. sweater vest. Like, well, sir, it's been really great. If like, <laughs> like, what is that relationship sort of rooted in? Usually, and I'm not saying in all cases, there was a desire for the uh, for the son-in-law to make an alliance with the father-in-law mm. to combine assets to mm-hmm. take care. I know this is old-fashioned take care of the daughter Mm and dowry stuff yeah like i want to be folded into your business yeah i want to know you'll support me and i'll support you because we're in a tribe together now Mm -hmm. and i i was disturbed i don't like this i'm working on being kinder to everybody with no motivation but there used to be this motivation Mm -hmm. and it's because you need people so anyway he's talking about like need being really, really good for human mm, beings. And mm-hmm. he tell, tells this great example of like, he'd go to a village, like literally Richard would go somewhere, like it's not an allegory. He'd go somewhere in Africa mm-hmm. and he's like, and as you're pulling in, you'd always hear a pig squealing and it's like, they're killing a pig mm. and they're killing it for you. You're the guest of honor. Like the, the, the mm. past, the priest is here and they're going to have this meal. And he's like, and after the meal, there's always too much, even though it's this poor, they killed the big pig. Mm-hmm. And, afterwards he's like they would give the pig the leftovers to their neighbors because it's gonna go bad right so this is like one of those things that talk about things we're not thinking about and this is in um, my dinner with andre too they make a similar point um that in my dinner with andre they make the point that like having heat in your house stops you from getting a blanket and Mm. the pleasure of laying down and cuddling with your Mm. with your lover or with your friend or whoever it might be Mm. that you get close and warm up together Mm. and that need creates this thing that you needed yeah you needed to be warm but you also needed to be cuddled yeah but now we have heat that heats us so what did we lose so richard's saying what are we losing by having refrigerators and he Mm. steps out to say like look i have a refrigerator i'm not saying don't have a refrigerator it's just like when you amass all of this comfort Mm -hmm. what are you losing Mm -hmm. he's saying no refrigerator let's go give this food to our neighbors that builds community yeah and one of the things that i notice in my life that i'm missing the most especially the more successful quote unquote or the more financially secure i've become Mm -hmm. is community Mm -hmm. because it's like you know you should want it 
But really, friendships just end up being too complicated. And this, you know, like too com- uh, too complex and nuanced and strange. And you're like, I'd rather just sit on my bidet and have warm water blown up my asshole. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And order any food that I want or whatever. Even though we know that's death. That's a vampire right. living in his castle, yeah. living forever with wealth. R- vampires are always rich, but they're always dead they just they just take from other people they take blood from other people they take opportunity and food and resources from other people that's why they're blood suckers we know that mm-hmm. it doesn't work but like it's almost like the need uh is needed like you need to need mm-hmm. so he's like you see the more and the thing that really blew my mind i know i'm talking a lot is that he was like you don't see it modeled in families, and I, I really related to this, mm. is that like when families need one another and they they're become a tribe and the, the cliche of the, the farm family or uh, more recently, the Vietnam, uh, not the Vietnamese um, and not Thai, Thai I, it might be Taiwanese, forgive, forgive and forget guys, uh, but there, the, the donut empire in, yeah. in Los Angeles, uh-huh. uh, I'm going to think of it. But those families needed to work with their kids because they couldn't afford to hire employees. I've mentioned this in Donut King, the documentary. So they needed each other and it created these incredibly intense, tight tribes. But then the money that came in, now the kids don't want to do that anymore. They they go to college, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, totally normal. Mm -hmm. But it breaks them apart. And then they're like me, like they Mm -hmm. might be a little disconnected. And they mentioned that the modern family, the comfortable family, which was my family... Mm -hmm. Uh, it doesn't isn't like interconnected and or locked knowing each other's places. Uh, they're in competition with each other. Mm. And when he said that, I was like, oh my fuck, that's so right on. <laughs> like, it wasn't nasty, but there was, and I think a lot of people can relate to this, if dad got, like we got the new car. Mm-hmm. If dad got a new car, Leela, if she was of a certain age, would know that the car meant dad got the favor. He got the thing. There's there's an amass of resources and dad got the special treat, which mm-hmm. means she might not get the special treat. Like mm-hmm. if, if mom, Richard says, if mom gets a new microwave, the kid knows maybe I don't get to go to camp. Like I wasn't chosen. Mm-hmm. To, so they're in that kind of competition. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, of course. Then I went on and learned my family was in competition with each other, not not maliciously, just kind of subtly. Mm-hmm. Like who's who's getting it? Did Dad get the toy? Did I get the toy? Yeah. And often I did get the toy. My family was very generous to us. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we knew that there were resources and were vying for the same pot of honey. Mm. My mom too. We were all going after this pot of honey. Yeah. And then of course I struggle with family and relationships. And the wor- almost like the worst thing that I could do is follow that example, amass my own honeypot, and then not need my neighbors. I've, I've got all I have are refrigerators. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that needing people is like grotesque and mm-hmm. getting your hair cut on the porch. Like you need your wife to cut your hair. Like go to a shop and pay a stranger to cut your hair. Yeah. Be a big shot. Don't need anybody. But then also that's an, a safe interaction because... You're paying them, so they well, like they, you know where the roles are and where the lines are, and yeah, it's, and it's horrible. Not, it takes something that is actually kind of really intimate and takes all of the 
intimacy absolutely and the, the connection out of it how many scenes in movies where someone's shaving somebody and it's sex yes i'm not saying it doesn't have to be shaving it's it yeah. can be sexy overtly like oh these people are gonna have sex mm-hmm. it, but it, it can also just be intimacy it can yeah. be trust mm-hmm. a razor running against your neck now i pay a stranger 35 dollars mm-hmm. and they shave me mm-hmm. and this, this, we've we've been circling around this a lot lately but i've lately been having to take a hard look at like, what soup am I marinating in? And it really is the soup of like self-reliance, isolation, be successful, be well thought of, Mm -hmm. don't need other people, uh, keep them at a distance because they might need you, they might take you for a ride, all of this stuff. Well, to its core... By the way, all of this, I'm not happy with any of this. If anyone thinks I'm writing the art of the deal out loud right now, that's, I'm, I'm saying You're I'm getting more and more aware of the water that I'm swimming in. Yeah. And it is a narrative. Again, I wasn't born with it. I witnessed it and I, I nurtured it. And I did very well with it. I was like, oh, you want me to be shiny, special... And, and, and successful. Okay. I'll do it. Yeah. And now that it's happened, I'm going like, wait. And Richard keeps saying, it's like, it, 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 blessed are the poor. He's like, look at the poor. It's like, I, 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 guys, I know, by the way, we're not a blessed are the poor culture. Nobody thinks blessed are the poor. I'm, I'm quoting Jesus and, and Richard is saying, there's something to that. The need creates the community, creates the, the warmth and the heart and and how many movies do we have to see about the one person being plucked from the community, being called special, making the millions, and losing their soul? Right. Well, it's separation. Also, it, I keep thinking of the documentary Happy, um, which is so good. Yeah. And like, the, remember, I think it opens with that man from India who's a... Um, what's the... What are they called? Like a... Yeah, he wheels a, a chai cart yeah yeah and um and he's like i'm happy i like you have the voiceover of him and he's like i have a great family and he's like my house is great and it cuts to his house and it's just like sticks and a tarp yep and like and and then there's some statistic about how it was like this man shows all of the signs or basically is as happy as I wish I could remember the statistic. It was like, you know, more, he's more happy than most Americans. Well, th- that's Richard's point too. He's like, the more successful you get, the less happy you get. Right. And because yeah. you're just getting Often. more and more separate. So that's the need thing is like, we need each yes. other because the fundamental truth of reality is that we are connected. Relationship. Yeah. And that we are. Um, and we only know, do what we need to do. Unfortunately, is what I'm saying. So if you don't need to be in relationship, even though you need relationship, you won't do it because most of us would rather watch Tiger King and eat lo mein. Like, yeah. that's just how it is. I mean, I think, okay, so the other thing is, is the more feminine, I won't say, you know, women, like just the people with more feminine energy, feminine. the more feminine way of understanding reality is through relationships. So this is where you get all of the like kind of and these are problematic. This is painting with a, a broad brush, but a, a feminine bro- brush, a broad, a bro- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with a uh, I can think of another gams. word, gams, yeah, yeah. Uh, with thick gams and a broad brush. Um, <laughs> 
but the whole thing of like men can just have sex and throw you away and women are more emotional and they get connected and whatever like things like that are it's it it does i think stem from a more fundamental truth which is the more feminine way is to be like i construct reality based on relationships yes. and i and that's why if you go to like a lot of women's instagrams uh m like more women than men i will see like their bio is like mom sister teacher oh yeah uh, friend like oh, they're yeah. just that's how if it's a dude it's it's it, one of them is going to be follower of christ <laughs> like it's only the religious dudes that are going son father husband <laughs> humble walker with Christ. Like that's the only time you'll see that. But any woman will identify herself based on the relationships. Exactly. Which, by the way, that, this is why I love talking about this. All of my suffering. I really think if I follow it down far enough, it's your, you're alone. You're, and you're, you're separate. You're separate. It comes from a well, feeling I think of separate. All of Fear our of suffering is a fe feeling of being if, if you think if you believe you are a cup of water and the whole thing is an ocean yeah. you don't have any fear of death you're not afraid of death if yeah. you think you're pete and pete is his accomplishments then you even threaten to take away his status as an accomplished comedian that's that is death. death that might that as well death. be death yeah yeah exactly that, that, this is where men get the whole that's his name his good name yeah and the legacy the it's legacy. like even you and, and you have a kid and you name it your name yeah like, get the fuck out of here dude yeah. everyone has your name that's a serendipity i was just thinking about that that's beautiful everyone has your name that's a poem <laughs> you're a poem um i absolutely i i think that the the core of all of our suffering if we were to strip it down is the core belief is I am separate. Yeah. So needing each other, it's like what Richie is saying in that is a direct remedy to the myth of the Western world. And this goes back to consumerism, which is especially for men, but it is for everybody, is the individual over the whole. There is a ladder that only fits you and yes. you are meant to climb it. It only fits one person at a time. So you are in competition, climbing this over people, down. getting, yeah. yeah. And, and there's no, it's, it's not like a circle around a campfire like it used to be. And that is to be mourned. Like there is a part of our fundamental yes. makeup that is grieving that and is knowing like, that's why, how many stories do we have to hear of the, like, the man climbed up, he got everything he wanted, his dreams came true, and he was still unhappy. Yeah. And it's like, yes, so when are we going to be like, that doesn't make happiness. We and know when that. Are we gonna, and at summer camp, I was so happy. Or the guy rolling out his chai cart. Yeah. Purpose, interconnectivity. Yeah. Belonging. That's why uh, I know I always say this at this point in this conversation because we've had similar conversations, but it's like the best part of being on a multicam sitcom, I know mm -hmm. this sounds silly, was being with 150 people that were pointed in the same direction yep. and, and seeing the satisfaction mm -hmm. of the sound guy being the sound guy mm -hmm. and the wardrobe person being the wardrobe. And we like that. It, yeah. it, it does feel like a tribe. In fact, I just did a guest star on a, a, a show that's coming out, a multicam, and it was my same crew, the same, not my, they're not my crew, but the same crew that worked on How We Roll. First of all, this'll melt your brain. 
melts your heart is what I meant. Mm -hmm. So obviously it was rough that how we roll got canceled. Then I got hired to do a guest star on night court. They're redoing night court. And I went in and I didn't know, but it was the same camera guys. Mm -hmm. So it was Ron and Boomer and Jamie, these three guys Mm -hmm. that shot on my show and a new guy I didn't know named Chris. Anyway, Ron, Boomer and Jamie. And I walk on set and they're wearing how we roll t-shirts. So Can anyone help me take what we're talking about and wrap it up real tight? Mm -hmm. And when I say shove it up my butt, I don't mean it in a bad way. (laughs) I just need it in In me. Yeah. I need to remember that when I walked on stage and they were wearing those shirts, and I'm I'm being real because I would tell you if it was just an ego trip, that's my show. Yeah. Hey, no. you remember my show. Mm-hmm. They might as well have been wearing shirts that said, we love you. We loved yeah. working with you and we love you. And we knew, actually, first and foremost, for real, mm-hmm. if the shirts seemed to be like, we knew, we felt your love. Yeah. Like, I know that sounds like fucking bullshit, mm-hmm. but like, it made me go like the effort that we put in, that I put in to having a community, to having a tribe wasn't lost. And yeah. this is emotion. It's emotional for me to talk yeah. about. It, 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 it happened. The, it wasn't just good business to have a happy set. Like we actually saw each other a little bit. Yeah. And it was really beautiful. And that's the opposite of 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 a refrigerator. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's saying the the thing we made together matters to me. Yeah, and, and the I, time and the time we spent together matters to me. Yeah, and that really is such a touchstone. And and I think you're doing really good and holy work to heal the wounds of um, isolation. That was that you know. Your parents did the best they could, but they just didn't know how to have relationships with other people. And well, that's for sure both of them. And I and, and they did do the best they could, and I love them. But like that, you had no that's model. Something I can be sad in the way that I'm sad for myself. I can have the same feeling for them, which is like no one told you. Yeah, like that. The answer is in relationships it's in friendships that's the answer to life (laughs) i know and and so and it makes me really sad that you were robbed 43 years of that but i am seeing you healing this and it's so profound and beautiful and then i also feel incredibly excited for you to get little mo- more and more moments like that, or like yeah. your friend James Bashara being there for you. And well, James is a, a, a real inspiration because one of the things he does, it's very masculine, but it's also relational. Mm. Is I think he has a day, I think it's Monday, mm. and he just texts his friends and asks them how he can help. Yeah. And I've, start, I've started doing a lot of things James does. Yeah. One of them was lifting weights. And one of them was asking people, what are they excited about and what are they least excited about? I think mm-hmm. that's a beautiful question mm-hmm. because when I told him the thing I was least excited about, which was uh, the live podcast because I was stressed about whether or not tickets would sell because mm-hmm. it was part of the Netflix fest. He was like, oh, I'll put you in touch with my friend Jake. He can film it. Then you can put it on YouTube. And then you're worried about like, why are you doing it? It's not that big of a deal. But if you film it, it would be special. Yeah. And you could get it on your YouTube channel, which is something you're trying to do. And I was like, you just made something I wasn't looking forward to into something I was looking forward to just like well, that. And that's, and the, now I want to do that for other people. That's right. And that's the thing too, is, is you have one of the wounds around the core belief of people aren't safe is that 
you know, you were asked to do too much as a kid. And is this okay to say in the relationship with your mother? Like yeah. your mom was, was just, she made you have too big of a role. You were her well, like, I was soulmate. The honeypot. Yeah, exactly. I was the honeypot. Yeah. yeah. And of so, love, of whatever. And so she was just without really realizing she was kind of taking, taking, taking too much, you know. Because she needed, yes. Because she needed that, too That's much. an old program, but I go, because she needed. So like I was like, she needs it, she needs it, so I have to do this. Mm-hmm. It took me a really long time before I learned how to say no to my mom. Yeah, exactly. And it is like, it is sad that she needs it and it still is, should have never been your responsibility to that's give it. That's something you've helped me and my therapist, Dr. Gary Penn, helped me realize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then that kind of, so it really is like, you see no example of friendships. The one real relationship you have, or let's see your relationships with your parents is your dad is, it's kind of, is more transactional like um this is you 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 know not use use people as strong but like people are a means to the individual succeeding succeeding yes and then your mom is there's people actually will just take and take and take and take from you right so these are kind of fundamental branches of the core negative belief being like this is not safe so to have a friend like and and i think gungi is is this way michael gunger is a friend that really gives to you and my yeah so to like have these friends that you have where they are really giving so much and you're like practicing receiving. It's like brand new and you're well, yeah. just seeing the benefit of friendships, which isn't let you take all the time, but that there's this reciprocation of like, I got your back, you got my back and let's be interdependent. Let's, let's need each other. Let's love each other. Let's be there for each other. Exactly. And I'll wear a t-shirt when you need a boost. Yeah. Cause honestly being on someone else's multicam did dredge up feelings of, of, of sadness, of course, yeah. and that was that's what made that extra, extra beautiful. Yeah, yeah. That's so it's just I know it's it's hard work that like you know we were talking about this a little bit yesterday. The only way to really do these things, and I do this for it's the opposite, but I have to learn to trust myself that I'm okay when I'm alone, mm. and you're learning to trust other people, and trust really is that like thing that has to be slowly built over time and practice yeah so i know i already said this to you but it is that practice of letting yourself be a little vulnerable and then and then somebody shows up for you and then that starts to like carve a a new neural pathway and then you do it that like you get your ten thousand hours in of doing that Mm. and then you really do have trust you're absolutely right that it's a neural pathway too because i'm like why is it so much more comfortable for me to break away and, and, and Scrooge McDuck? I'm not saying we're that loaded. I'm just saying like, just sit on your resources and relax. And it's like, well, you've made it exhausting. These programs that, that were installed in me, but I've also not uninstalled. I don't know how to uninstall them. What I'm saying is, I go to lunch with Ruben. The, our, our, he, it's our weird friend. to call him. Yeah, he's our friend. Well, we I met him. I just realized we didn't go to, to his last day. Oh shoot! I don't think he, I don't think that matters okay. to Ruben. <laughs> but I remember we had lunch, and I had to actively go stop trying to uh, like fix 
or mm. plug in or you know what I mean? Like he t- let's say he told me an idea and I'd be like, oh, let's strategize. It's like, stop, stop mm-hmm. strategizing. Just be, th- that's what he was doing. Yeah. I didn't feel him wanting to strategize. Just be spacious. But like, I here. only know, that's my alliance energy. I'm mm-hmm. like, is this an alliance? Yeah. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's so embarrassing. But one of the times I felt closest to my f- parents was when I had them sign a uh, consent form mm. for crashing saying you won't sue us even if I make fun of you mm-hmm. and quote you and parody you. Mm-hmm. And the fondness that I felt for them, I really vividly wow. remember saying, just sign these because I want to be able to make a show and make fun of you. Mm-hmm. And they signed it. Mm-hmm. And I was flooded with one of the most sincere feelings of love for my parents. Wow. And it was because my understanding of love as alliance, like mm. let me make my TV show mm-hmm. and HBO wants you to sign this because I'm, I'm really writing things you've said and done. Mm-hmm. So you have like, so sign away your rights. And they signed it and said, as long as it's funny, we don't care. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I'm, I, I feel great about them right now, but yeah. like, somewhere along the line like what works and this is what richard says is all we worship in this country is what works we don't Mm. say is it true we say does it work Mm. and that is so hardcore i'm telling you if if people want to listen along it's called letting go it's on itunes richard roy letting go it's Mm. an audio program i guess Mm. um but that's me and and in that moment they're they were paying out for me yeah they were signing and that's and that is what i'm trying to fix is i'm Mm -hmm. trying to like so it it feels like a baby step to me to do what james does and says how can i help that Mm. that but that also means emotion like he's been emotionally helpful to me too yeah like he's just encouraged me he's just like heard my problems and then he'll text me like hey i was thinking about that and like it reminded me of this and I, i think that was good yeah and you're like Jesus, man, you you don't. And James is like has done very well. He's a venture capitalist for crying out loud. So yeah. this is a guy who should, by rights, I, I don't I don't know his net worth. I'm just saying like he could retreat. Mm-hmm. He could just go away. Mm-hmm. And I'm like I'm so glad he's in my life, and I'm so glad people like Michael Gunger are in my life, and Mike Birbiglia are in my life that are that are showing me, and you obviously, yeah, obviously. Well, I didn't even I feel embarrassed that I left you off the list. But no, you I, first and foremost. It's a different thing. But when I'm with, so your friend Melissa has been staying with us this week um, for reasons we don't have to get into. And I struggle with, you know, I judge so many things. Mm. I judge so many things as like little inconveniences or whatever. And she was great. I, I There was nothing she did that was wrong or bad. Yeah. But it's like... My main mode is dragon mode, is like alone mode. And, and the dragon can have his princess in the <laughs> castle on the mountain of gold. Mm-hmm. But then her friend Melissa comes and sits and watches TV with us. And I'm like, I can't relax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And by yeah. the way, Melissa, if you hear this, it's not you. I'm talking about something about me that I'm like, yeah. as much as I know that that Pete on a small dose of LSD would have been like, this is amazing. Our lives have blended. Mm-hmm. But regular Pete is just sort of like, this isn't useful. 
you I don't need you, you know, like need yeah. in the practical sense. Yeah. So like it's so masculine. It's it's it, it has balls. This, yeah. This thought. And I, I don't know. like it. I'm working on it. That's why I'm sharing it. No, absolutely. And I do think it also is what we do to like our boys is is sort of train them to be a super individualistic and transactional when the it comes Iron to Man. relationships. Be the yeah. Avengers, sure. Yeah. But as soon as there's a disagreement, yeah. Iron Man and Captain America are going to fight. That's just the ABCs of being a success, baby. <laughs> These, This mythology is fucking thick. It's thick. And it's thick. Yeah, it really is. Uh, God, like between this and the... Um, consumerism thing i'm feeling really like blow up your tv yeah <laughs> throw well, away your paper i th- I'm, I'm saying this out of hope that all of us everyone listening can find their space and make it sacred even if it is just where you've been living but like this oh i move and you guys are going to be here with us for this transition mm-hmm. it's going to be in a month or so mm-hmm. we're going to start being we're doing this podcast up there yeah uh, i'll still be coming to la to, to record the guest ones but <laughs> i know and i'm already going like human animals need scenery changes need to shake things up they need to break routines and mm-hmm. i think physical like objective reality breaks can help uh, congeal internal breaks, like changes, yeah. I think. This is what I'm holding out a hope for. Like yeah. when you start a new school and you're like, I'm going to be this person. That worked for yeah. me. It did. I know. I know. I and do. Like, when we go to Ohio, I'm like, all the things we've been talking about, like I less have... consumerism, less eating out constantly, more cooking, more gardening. And you guys are going to, you know, drop us a DM if... Uh, <laughs> I'm serious. Drop us a DM for not gardening. Spillber. <laughs> Spillber. Um. Yeah. No. I. I. I am fully aware because I moved a lot as a kid that there is sort of this cliche thing of being like, I'm gonna be a whole new person there. Like, I, all my problems will be solved. And I, I don't. I think there maybe is a little bit of that, but I also am like. Yeah, we're changing everything. We're changing our lives in this fundamental way. Why not just try to try for all of the ways that we want to change? And all you have to do is merge with your surroundings. Yeah. We've lived in Ojai before and we were living more simply. Yeah. And buddy, talk about a mythology that I am stewing in. I'm getting to the point now where I don't even want to talk about what TV shows people are watching because it's just it's just too much like I've just been thinking too much about myself. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking too much. So this is this is what we promised we'd talk about. So yesterday we canceled everything and we went in the ocean. It was amazing. Yeah, it was such a spur of the moment thing. I said to Val, I was like, I want to be buried up to my neck in dirt. We were like, like standing in the earth. kitchen at the beginning of the day, like about to start our days. And I was <laughs> very grateful to have you as a partner because I was like noticing that I was just up my own ass in the bad way, like thinking about my own career. What's next? What am I going to do? Mm. Getting this here, getting that there, getting a no here, getting a maybe there, all, all this sort of stuff and just not knowing what our future looks like. And I was like, this is toxic. This mm. is stupid. I can't like, you can't mention a TV show without me thinking about like whether or not I'm going to sell another TV. Like let's fucking stop. Let's get in the ocean. And we did. And as soon as we were in there, we were, 
I, it was one of the best feelings in life. You had that line. I forget what it's from, but smelling flowers before you see them. Oh, it's from uh, Before Sunset. Yes. And and I always think of a spot in Hawaii where I smelled flowers and then I saw them. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. And one I'll add to that list. When you smile, when you notice you're smiling, mm-hmm. like you didn't give the order to smile. Yeah. You just go like, wait, what is my face doing? And you go, it's smiling. Oh my gosh. And that's what happened. I was walking into the ocean, yeah. which you say is the only thing big enough for me. Mm-hmm. It can hold me mm-hmm. uh, as a big person. Mm-hmm. But also I was just grinning. Like I was just smiling my yeah. most sincere smile and I caught it and I was like, oh my God, yeah. I'm doing it. And we were yapping and laughing and splashing and spinning and dunking and mm-hmm. the waves were picking me up. And we just kept swimming under the waves. Like these things that were coming that were challenging, you just, you merge in, you flow into them. You go under them. You let them knock you, you around. You go in deeper. You go in deeper. You, and actually you you blow out your breath as you're going under the wave. You blow out your you breath. Give. You yeah. give. You're not holding your breath. You're not yeah. hoarding, going like, mm-hmm. I don't know how long I'm going to be underground, underwater. You go, I trust I will be above water mm-hmm. very soon. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to sink lower by exhaling, mm-hmm. trusting that I will come up. And you do over and over. And the ocean says, did you get it? And if you say no, it gives you another one and another one and yeah. another one. And just to be in something so much bigger Mm. than anything that my little story could ever be Mm -hmm. and something so much older than I will ever be, you know, Pete will ever be. Yeah. Uh, Awareness is and the ocean is essentially (laughs) made of awareness. But uh, but what I'm saying is it was so gorgeous. Uh, I'm not turning this into an advice column. I'm just saying like uh, Ryan Holiday talks about starting his mornings by walking in these tall trees near his house. And he's like something about being near something bigger than you and Mm. lots of things bigger than you. Mm. And I thought of him in the ocean and just really was like, fucking get over all of it. Yeah. Get over all of it. The ocean was here before your shit. The ocean will be here after your shit and your shit doesn't, exist in the ocean when you're right. in the ocean it, it just goes away well that's what we and then found. you have to pick it back up by your by your fucking bitch towel that's uh i'm sorry i'm looking for this one specific mary oliver poem that no it's okay it's perfect because like we are running um, out of time so i that is uh that's what we noticed while we were just swimming in the ocean and like kind of we weren't even really talking we were playing like it's like uh, on the car ride there the whole way we're just kind of talking about our sim our familiar shit like the main <laughs> the main five things we're saying this week you know and like and then as soon the as we <laughs> and then as soon as we get in the ocean we're not even talk it's not it doesn't even, even deep, make sense it's not even deep conversation you know what you're doing Val what you're clucking I'm clucking. You're clucking like a chicken. Yes, exactly. It brought us into, we, into cluck. We were playing and we were just being silly and we were splashing and then we were diving in waves. And like it. And I, I said that thing to you while we were walking back where I was like, when you are present and in your body, there is this feeling of, well, what is there to think about? Like what, what is there? Like you realize that all most of thought is unnecessary 
it's so wonderful and a, a relief. And then there's even a little bit of like, what is there to talk about? We don't have to talk. We don't have to think. Yeah. We just are being together. Let it go and dive under the next wave. And uh, truly every metaphor for life is contained in the ocean. And the, Say I, it like the girl from WeWork. Uh, truly Every metaphor for life is contained in the ocean. <laughs> so manifest that. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's crazy that things that I say really do sound like things she would say. Um, but the... Yeah, me too. I'm Jared Leto over here going like, consumerism is evil. My new Tesla. <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah. Guys, at least, Guys, at at least, least we we're know aware. we're full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> At we're least all, we're having fun with it, you know. Having, I'm just having fun with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I we went when you said like I kind of want to go swim in the ocean. I was like, yes, that's what I need because I'm trying. We're trying to get pregnant, and I'm like really trying to stop being so rigid about making it happen this month, mm. and just be like open. And flowing and vast and mm. and watery and just like trusting and surrendering and all of that is in the ocean. And then I was finding so profound as I always do. I know you already kind of said this, but that the wave comes, there's this moment of like, oh, no, it's coming. How do I resist it? And the only way to do it is to dive deeper. Yeah. And then once you do dive deep, it's actually calm. You're expecting it to be... And I'm surprised every time. And you're surprised every time. I think time. we get thrash and it's calm as a bathwater. Exactly. Like, so obviously, just to spell it out, but that's exactly like you feel... You, ha you are aware that an uncomfortable feeling is coming, like panic or anger or something. And it's the resistance. If you resist it, it will thrash you around. Yeah. But if you dive deeper into it, which seems like the most scary thing to do until you actually do it, mm. it never feels like how you think it's going to feel. Yeah. It feels great. You even pointed this out on the drive over. We were talking about how you needed the director who was somebody that you knew. Oh, yeah. And you were like, I actually needed her. And then it felt really good to yeah, need her. Betsy Thomas. Yeah. Who uh, directed some Howie roles was directing me on Night Court. And I was trying a character thing and she came in and she just nudged me in the right direction. I was like, it was vulnerable and I needed her and I loved her. Yeah. And I texted her and she texted me back and it's all this love. And I was like, even on my own show, when I was the big cheese, it was less vulnerable because I was like, I'm the big cheese. I'm just, I'm doing what I do. And it's, and nobody, I don't need anybody. I'm, yeah. I'm basically doing myself. Yep. Uh, and when I was trying to do a more of a character thing, I needed somebody. I took a chance and that vulnerability made me like so much closer to Betsy than mm -hmm. I had ever felt mm -hmm. doing how we roll. I felt closer there, but like the vulnerability and the need created, it's, it's the refrigerator thing. It was really beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. So, but that's your biggest fear is needing other people. And that's where the and then, treasure is. And as soon as you let yourself do it, it felt amazing. So just like remembering, it's always the, and the anticipation of the thing. Once you actually do it, yeah, it feels great. It's like, it never feels how you think it's going to. Yeah. Wow. Do we want this Mary Oliver poem? Always. Always. It's really short. Okay, it's called I Go Down to the Shore. I go down to the shore in the morning 
And depending on the hour, the waves are rolling in or moving out. And I say, oh, I am miserable. What shall, what should I do? It says, what shall, what should I do? I didn't stumble Mm. there. (laughs) And the sea says in its lovely voice, excuse me, I have work to do. Wow. I know. Isn't that good? I'm going to see if I can find this one other poem. Is that okay? Yeah. Um, Because something, when you were saying, which I really loved, and I said it was a poem, the like, we need more dirt. We need more mm-hmm. um, veins in our neck. I, it reminded me of this poem that I wrote. Can't wait. I think maybe I read this in the earliest episodes. Who cares? I don't know, but who cares? It's called Worship. The earth is so delicious. I devolve into an animal on hands and knees, scraping and burning my skin on the hot concrete. You are not up there. You are down here. I want to eat the bugs and fallen leaves and lick the blood from my own knees. You are not up there. You are down here. I am not humbled. I'm obsessed. I devour, I impose and transgress. I bite and break and grope and take. You are not up there. I kiss and stroke anything that I broke. You are down here. I am the first head that has ever bowed. And I do not move away. I move toward. You are not up there. You are down here. (laughs) The way you're... I'm sorry. Utter perfection. <laughs> I don't recall ordering utter perfection. <laughs> if you told me that was Mary Oliver's most celebrated poem, I would have believed you. Oh, that's really nice. I love that. Yeah, that's on a that's a good one. I had a real experience listening to you. Aww. Not to make it about me, I'm just saying you gave me an experience. Thank you. Don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, thank. This was great. I yeah, loved it. I loved I it needed too. This. Me too. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Remain. Keep it. You say it. Crispy. No, the whole thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Remain and keep it crispy. <laughs> 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 <laughs>